Jen, put your boobs away. There. Your purple bra back Why? in Why? Keep your boobs out. If Kayla I mean, was here, she would not say keep your boobs out. Oh, I Yeah, would. but she has her boobs out sometimes. So she had her, her boobs, boobs were really out last, last week. week. Wow, were they ever. I, that's why I came here was just for the just boobs. Just for the boobs. Yeah. We are wives, entrepreneurs, entertainers, executives. And at the end of the day, we are all moms. All at the same time and never in the same order. <laughs> this is Hi, My Name is Mom, a podcast about motherhood. Here are your hosts, Jen, Corey, and Kayla. This has been the craziest couple weeks. Mm-hmm. And I say crazy in air quotes because to us, life Insane. has seemed crazy. Insane. <laughs> Just a lot of moving parts and... And actually big enough moving parts that we're going to talk about it in an upcoming episode. So that'll be within the next couple weeks. Um, we'll drop that episode. But at the same time, I think that we're really big on having perspective. We've talked about that mm-hmm. in so many episodes. And I do think that having this podcast pushes that perspective even more so. We talked about that with Kayla Yule about how having a podcast actually make, it highlights so many other stories that it almost helps you. Keeps you grounded. It keeps you grounded because you're thinking, wow, like my chaos is nothing. Yes. And so what we want to do is (laughs) start finding, I I wouldn't say there's so many, (laughs) there's so many moms who are just going through completely insane and difficult and crazy. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it could be crazy amazing. And sometimes it could be crazy hard. Things And I think if we can find those moms to highlight their stories, it will help all the rest of us moms hold on to that perspective. Not that it's okay I agree. To, to, to have a meltdown about the normal everyday things because that happens and that's okay yeah. too. Right. But I do think I love having these little sort of um, sticks in the ground in my brain that go, okay, well, well, here's this and here's this. And I'm usually somewhere right here, even if it feels like yep. it's this right yeah. now. And, and I think that, I think that what we'll hear today, a lot of it's going to be new for me, even though yeah. Jen is familiar with the story, well, but. Okay. Story. So this is my friend, Vicky. You guys have met before actually at yes. one of our parties. Yeah. Yeah. You guys have actually met. But, um, but I don't know but you don't her. Know her I just know and you don't know her story. Yeah. So Vicky is an amazing mom to four asterisk four ish. <laughs> four, four maybe five or 400 it's you know whatever yeah um and actually i did an episode on you i don't even know if you know this no i don't i had a breakdown about you mm. back in november we were at the year? russell I don't even remember we were at the russell and i did i had had like a crazy morning and i had got a text from you and it was a photo of you curled up on a sofa in poland and that's sort of the beginning of this crazy story. Okay, the pause middle. right there because yeah. my brain, like when my air quote crazy week, forgot to tell everyone that you can now watch us on YouTube if you're listening on a <laughs> podcast platform. And some episodes more than others, I really would encourage you to do that. We Definitely. don't know what could possibly happen yet today, but there are some episodes that truly, <laughs> there's just so much to see. Well, who knows? You could have been seeing boobs this whole time. Oh, yeah, on YouTube. So. YouTube. YouTube.com slash hi, my name is mom. If you would hit subscribe, that's amazing. And it helps us as well. And then if you're watching on YouTube, if you would go subscribe on a podcast platform, then our new episodes will pop up. And then if you want to like, you know, hit five stars or something like that, that's great. Okay. So she was, she was curled up in Poland. She was curled up in Poland. Then I got a picture of her and I just started hysterically crying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that's the middle of the story. Whoa. First of all. Okay. I'm going to just get a little bit of background. Okay. I I met Vicky here. 
when we moved to Nashville, she, I met her through my, our friend Beth, who's yeah, actually yeah, in the studio, yeah. way over in the corner hiding. She's she our is, director today. She's our That's director. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I met her through Beth, and Beth kept saying, you have to meet my friend Vicky, you have to meet my friend Vicky. And I went to Beth's house for a birthday party, and she was like, this is my friend Vicky. And she kept going, this is Vicky, this is E. Vicky. And I was like, oh! And you know what's funny is I have since said the same kind of thing to, like, my sisters. When they came to our Valentine party, I was like, you have to meet Vicky. You have to meet Beth. Aww. And they're like, oh, and they loved you guys. Mm-hmm. So so anyway, good people attract good people. That's all I'm going to say. But Vicky has an amazing husband named Scott who is a incredibly hot war hero slash hot. musician <laughs> slash daddy. Now I need like, to look up a picture. Oh, hold Go on. ahead. Well, oh, oh, wait, where's my phone? No, no, no. I don't want to show you what her scrolling through. And then we're just going to all look at your really husband and how hot I'm your husband saying, is. I'm just saying, if That's you want to check him out, go to hippies.com. He's super hot. I got a hot husband. Okay. So, okay. Just tell us about your family structure. Okay. So, Scott and I have been married for almost 20 years. We have a, I know it's crazy. It's 18, but I'm like, this is kind of fun to say almost 20. It's long. It is. It's very long. I'm 10 next year. And I feel like, wow, almost yeah. a decade. <laughs> yeah. We're grownups now. I love like it. Like real life grownups. And mm. I have a real life, almost grown up child. That's what's really crazy. Yes. My daughter is 16. That's what's crazy looking at your skin. I know. Stop. It's true. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm just like, spend lots I'll stop no, fangirling on you. <laughs> no. Okay. I'm okay with it. Bring it on. <laughs> She's like, I intended. Like, if you want to rub my leg, it's fine. I'll be right over here. And then your YouTube friends, your listeners can watch. Your listeners oh can watch. Gosh. Okay, so I have a 16-year-old daughter, Logan. I have a 14-year-old daughter, Kinsley. They are our bio babies. And they're then so we, beautiful. I, I mean, I hate to say that because, like, I hate to tag girls that so way. We sound so vain in this episode. So, <laughs> they're so gorgeous. And they're the ki- they're most kind-hearted yeah. humans. And they're intelligent and just, like, wholesome. And I, I anyway. They're way more they're, straight-laced than I'll ever be. That's all I have to say. Oh, my God. I don't God. know where they came from. Well, I do, but I don't know how. So anyway, right. Our older two are 14 and 16. And then we have a 10 year old daughter, Aniston, and she is 100% responsible for my salvation. Her story is amazing. Yes. Or our story together. And then um, she was adopted. And then our son, Eli is eight and he was also adopted. Okay. Wait, let me tell, let me just interject. One of the things that Vicky says to me that is the funniest is she's like, I got one of my kids at Walmart and one yeah, of my kids true. at Starbucks. And the reality yeah. is you can get everything you need at both places. Yes. <laughs> Including babies. Well, my mom used to tell me whenever I was a teenager, you know, like when you want to go shop somewhere expensive and then they don't have the money for it. And so she would be like, Vicky, if you can't get it at Walmart, you don't need it. And so I told my husband, I'm like, whenever I, uh, the story's long, but I basically met someone at Walmart and then adopted their baby. But my husband was like, Vicky, you can't get a baby at Walmart. And I was like, <laughs> watch me. Yes, I beer. can. I'll five. Thank I you this. very much. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you, were you always, did you always know you wanted to adopt? I would say that it has always been on my heart. Like okay. it's always been something that I've been passionate about, really just kids in general. Sure. And then uh, we had secondary infertility after having our second baby. And so I knew that I wanted to adopt, but I hadn't really seen um, this Scott have, my husband Scott have the same heart for that. And then God really just intervened and and brought his heart to that. And we were able to adopt both of our babies, which we really were only adopting a third. And then Eli came into our life like a wrecking ball, literally. Like we found out about the fact that this woman was pregnant and then she was due in two weeks. And two That's weeks later, crazy. he came home with us. So oh, that would be ideal for Kayla, wouldn't it? Two weeks, you're having a baby. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, wow. honestly, like I felt kind of bad. Like a part of me felt like selfish whenever mm-hmm. Eli came, came around because we had three beautiful daughters 
and we weren't really planning on having a fourth. And I knew so many people that wanted a baby, but like yeah. God so clearly said, like this, this was son. our son. We just yeah. knew he was. Yeah. So we moved forward with it, and and he, I can't imagine our family without him. So. That's awesome. Yeah. So you weren't even in the adoption process when you met someone at Walmart, and then that one I was. That was my ten okay. year old. So we yeah. were fostering to adopt. That okay. was our plan. We had a yeah. nursery ready to go. Wow. And then with Eli, we had not planned on adopting at all for okay. a fourth, but we did. So. Wow. Okay. So I'm going to just, I'm going to just like lay the groundwork here. So there's a really big church in our area that lots of our friends go to. Um, I think Dalia and Aaron went, go there. And like you guys and Beth and Mm -hmm. Heather and like all of anybody we know that's like, I go here. It's always this same church. Right. And you guys were doing a Ukrainian foster program at Christmas, right? Tell us about that. uh, It's actually an orphan hosting program. So back in the day, I don't know, before all of this, I guess 2016 ish, we had hosted a little girl. She was 13. We hosted her through an orphan hosting program. So, a lot of these orphanages over in Europe, they shut down over summertime or over Christmas time and they go to like orphan camp and it's not the best option for them. Um, so, what we like to do is bring these kids here to the United States and we share the love of Jesus with them. And then we show them how to break the cycle, like what that looks like to have a family unit, because mm-hmm. so often these kids are literally just dropped off at orphanages. Yeah. And um, not only are they dropped off there, but their rights, the rights of the parents have not been signed over. So these kids are not adoptable. Wow. They just live there at this school slash orphanage. So we hosted a little girl, um, Christine, back, uh, I don't even know what, what year it was, but we hosted her and then we decided that we wanted to adopt her. And we pursued adoption. She was 13 at the time. She's 18 now. It just, it ended up not working out. We And I was heartbroken. This was after Eli. This was after so this Eli, our youngest son, okay. who's eight. So this would have been our fifth. We were actually, we chose a girl to host that didn't want to be adopted because we did not, we didn't want to get into an adoption situation right. again. And then when she came here, she changed her mind and said, Aww. like, I want you guys to be our, to be my mama. So she called me mom. She called him dad. These were her siblings. Like everything just like fell into place. We decided that we were going to adopt her and it ended up being a freaking disaster. Her birth mother came into the picture and told her that she would commit suicide if she moved to the United States. Poor baby girl. And so the little girl told social services that she did not want to be adopted. We hosted her three more times after that and just brought her here to like love on her and spend time with her. Um, and then of course she did want to be adopted after that, but we had already pulled out of the adoption per her request, which was excruciating to then hear her say she wanted to be adopted. Now she's 18. We stay in contact Mm. and it's not her life that she's living is not what we hoped for her, you know? So after all that happened, we were like, no more hosting. I can't handle the heartbreak. Like this is excruciating. Our kids were having a really hard time. And then at church, we saw a video of a young lady. Her name is Lena, who has basically ended up being also one of our children. She's 22 now, but she was adopted from Ukraine when she was 15. And she shared her story with our church. And when she shared her story, I watched it and Beth was sitting there and I started sobbing. And if you know me, I really just don't cry unless it's an absolute emergency. So I was sobbing hysterically, <laughs> ran to the bathroom. Like I was 
just so upset, but I was listening to her story talking about like how her life had been changed by an American. Mm. Her mother had died and then her dad dropped her off at an orphanage and then an American family adopted her. And so immediately I said to my two best friends, like, we are hosting this Christmas. So that was last Christmas. You're hosting, you're hosting, and I'm hosting. And that's and, Vicky. Yeah. Vicky's the cruise director. Yeah. You're doing this, you're doing that, <laughs> yeah. you're doing this. I totally appreciate that. As so an we, eight, we, we all hosted. Appreciate that. So we all hosted. That's what happened. <laughs> I love that. So last Christmas okay. we hosted. So what happened with your family? So for our family, we hosted a little boy, which we were really excited about because our older three are girls. We also have a little girl that we've kind of helped raise. Her mom was just really young. Um, and so she's three now. So we have, you know, three of or three of our girls, one extra little girl, and then our son. Yeah. And he's always saying how he wished he had a brother. So we Aww. were like, we are going to host a little boy. Yeah. So we brought a little boy here um, and we we called him Little B. And he immediately stole our hearts. Now, this was really strange because our daughter that we had hosted spoke English. He did not speak any English, like none. So like we were really trying to figure out how to communicate with him. So we used Google Translate a lot. How old is he? So when he came here, they told us he was 10. He told us he was 10. But my son was like, when is your birthday? You know, on Translate. And we figure it out. And turns out he was only nine. Okay. So oh. he didn't really know how old he was. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he couldn't accept the fact that he was nine. So we just went with 10. <laughs> okay. So he's 10, now, he's 10 now, but he thinks that he's 11. Okay. <laughs> got it. So, yeah. So he's around the same age as our younger two. Uh, he kind of just like slipped right into our family. And like, we just all fell in love with him. And he um, really stuck to my husband's side, which was really sweet mm-hmm. because he hadn't really had that kind of connection with a man before. And my husband is not the most like kid-friendly person. If you picture like Aquaman, that's kind of what my husband looks like. kind of look like, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Every time we go I to Mexico, they're some like, side-by-side Aquaman! social content right now. Yeah. He does look like Aquaman. Yeah. Yes. So he's and big, his buddy he's looks like hair. Thor. <gasps> yes. I'm making this connection. You now. are. Yes, his buddy. His buddy's also very hot. Gamble, yeah. God, his buddy? Gamble. I'm like, his friend Gamble. Alexander. We all call him Thor, actually. Yes. What, what are you making that face for? <laughs> his name is Gamble. We call him Thor. So Thor. there's a lot of superheroes in your world. Yes, superheroes. Yes. But he loves Scott. And it was so sweet. Like Scott would make eggs in the morning and, and his name is Bogdan. So Bogdan would follow Scott around the house, like everywhere. And it was just like heart melting to see it. And uh, pretty much immediately we were like, yeah, no, he's supposed to be here. I mean, yeah. he called me mama. Mm-hmm. He called Scott Papa which was the cutest thing ever because we all call him dad, right? But Mm. he was like, Papa, you know, and just, yeah, we just immediately knew that we wanted him to be a part of our family. It felt kind of like it was meant to be. I mean, it did. It felt like this was the right thing. Yeah. Okay, so you decide you want to adopt him. So what happens? Because, I mean, that seems pretty easy. It's like he's already, you've been approved to foster. He's over here. He's in your home. He's got a a visa, you know, to be over here. He's in your home. Yeah. So, what so my husband is is a Marine and he has a Not lot of- Not just a Marine. Her husband is like one of the most badass Marines who's well, done very, very big extractions. He has done extractions. a lot of stuff. Yeah, Like people magazine worthy stuff. Like it's pretty, yeah. in, 
it's pretty incredible. He's in a really, he's a really amazing dude. Yeah. He really is. He's so fucking <laughs> adorable. You can't even stand oh, it. Well, I love oh. it. I love that you feel that way about your well, husband. Well, I do. So and sweet. he's also a recording artist, so he's gone all the time. Okay. So I miss him like extra lot. Aww. Like, cause I'm like, I haven't seen him in a while. So I'm like, he's yeah. really so he's hot. he's like touring? You know? Yeah. His band nice. is called War Hippies. Awesome. And, and he's on the road. Yeah. Yeah. He's been travel. He's been touring with Travis Tritt and Chris Jansen. That's awesome. It's been really cool. Yeah, but he's been a, he's been a recording artist for a long time. So I don't even know what we were talking about because um, now I'll I'm tell just picturing Scott find. in my mind. Scott's I don't know. The, I Scott's on the right. About Thor. Yeah, and... that's mine. Right there. Oh, <laughs> that's so mine. I like how she says that. That's, that's mine. mine. That's mine Aww. right there. Yeah. So he was here for four to six weeks. Uh, I guess it was like five weeks. Usually it's like four to six weeks is how long the hosting is. Mm-hmm. So he was here for about five weeks. We knew we wanted to adopt him. And Scott is a Marine, so he knew a lot of people in special forces, and people in special forces were telling him, like, there's, there's about to be a war in Ukraine. Oh, yeah. And that's where our son is from. And so we really battled back and forth. Like, we, Beth was also hosting, so we were praying that the war would break out before we had to send these kids back. And it did Because then they would get to stay. Well, because then we would be like, wow, we we're, not sending, them we're not sending them to you a war. You could just say no. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we would fight it. We of would course. fight it in court if we had to, whatever it came yeah. down to. But at this point, we like, the war had not broken out yet. So okay. we sent them back on January 11th of last year. And February 24th, the war broke out. So between January 11th and February 24th, we were doing everything we could to like move as fast as we could with the adoption. Yeah. Well, it wasn't fast enough. And as soon as the war broke out, the 24th actually is my husband's birthday. And so it happened that day. And two days later, he flew to Poland. He's like, I don't know why I'm going to Poland, but I'm going to go to Poland and try to get him. Like, we're going to figure, like, we can't just leave him there. It was so fresh on our hearts, you know? Like, he had, he had just How left. do you leave your child or soon to be yeah. official child like in a, a war zone. Well, not to I mention mean, we have four children who right. are dying for yeah. him. Not yeah. to mention yeah. the baby who was staying with us. Like yeah. she was asking for him all the time. And it's like, they're like, well, well, can't you go get him? Like there's a war, like mom, dad, like you can't just leave him there. Mm-hmm. And Scott yeah. was like, well, peace out. I'm going to Poland. So he yeah. went to Poland with one of his best friends, Andy Lang. And they immediately set up kind of like a war room, like in their hotel room. And our goal was to try to get their entire orphanage out of Ukraine. So now you're not just trying to like move one child. You're moving 47. 50 children. Yeah, 47. Okay. 47 kids. Because that's just a normal day in my life. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it felt like what? a movie. Like it didn't feel like real life. Yeah. And I just wanted so badly to see him and touch him and hold him. So honestly, it makes me feel, it, it reminds me of the scene in Handmaid's Tale when they're trying to get all the oh, children yeah. on the yes, plane. And yes. Oh, that's what that's I picture. Right. Yes. It, it feels like a movie. I think like, it that's felt what like I, that. I think that, that day felt like that. Well, and, it was days. It like lasted on and on. So we were like working with all of these different military people. Okay. So think about like all of these military people are comfortable in Iraq. Mm-hmm. Right. Like they've been there for 20 years. They have all these rat lines, which are people that go from one place to another, from that place to another. They bring people, they know people, they trust people, they have houses they know about. Right. So they're thinking like, we'll just hop right into Ukraine and do the same thing. And right. it's going to be fine. Well, it did not go that way because people are corrupt. Like not everybody is out to help everybody. Right. Yeah. So it's like we would plan like or Scott and Andy would like plan this whole situation to get the kids out. And then literally the whole situation would fall apart. And then people were screaming at us because we didn't do what we said we were going to do. 
And it was just, it was awful. Were you working with the actual orphanage? So the orphanage director, we were working directly with him. And he's the orphanage director, but he's also the guardian of our son. Okay. Like the legal guardian of all those children. Yes, of all all of the children. Yes. That's how it works in Ukraine. So I'm thinking, I want Bogdan. I want Beth's daughter. I want uh, April's daughter. Like I want all of them like on a list. So he says, I will help you so that you can like basically- Host them, yeah. Um, during the war, so well, he would no, basically give over his. He would give his permission right. for you guys for you to, to be, host them while the war was going on yes. an extended like, basis. Right. And then we would swear on our lives that we would send these kids back at the end of the war right. and do a proper adoption. Okay, right. okay. So right so, now we're just like, what can we do to keep the kids safe? Yeah, yes. get them in safe homes, get them out of the country. Yeah. So it's a crazy long story, but long story short, I ended up going into Poland of like. Right after Scott, I went with Beth's husband, Ron. He came with me. We met um, Scott and Andy at their hotel. We ended up helping extract the entire orphanage out of Ukraine. We got them over to Poland. And it was like, you guys, I mean, I have like a whole like, uh, I'm I telling have a you, timeline. I was hysterically crying. So I can't even imagine, like I'm getting teary just thinking about this now. Beth's over there. <sighs> she get upset. You, that morning- because everybody had kind of been on pins and needles for days. Can you yeah. paint that for us? Because, Jen, you've seen a lot of this. Beth, you obviously lived it. You yeah. lived it. Can you kind of, like, paint what that day was like for us a little bit? Like, I don't even know if I can. You get in, You get to this country you're unfamiliar with. Yes. Your and husband then, is there and, who, who has been there. So we didn't go into Ukraine. Scott went to the border of Ukraine, right. but didn't go into right. Ukraine. And it was the orphanage director bringing the kids so the to the border. So the orphanage director says— we know this lady in Lithuania, okay? So we want all of the children to go from, here's Ukraine, here's Poland, here's Lithuania. Okay. So they're going to go from Ukraine to Poland to Lithuania. Mm-hmm. But when when they go to Poland, you can meet them there and you can take your children. Okay. Your son, Beth's and is daughter. This, are they April's on a bus? Are they, Cause they're they, on a two-decker bus. Okay. So we're going to bring them out. We're going to meet you at McDonald's. In Poland. Of all places. Yeah. So and you random. can take- Starbucks, McDonald's, Walmart. Walmart. Yes. We got it. We got right. it. Right. We're really like, covering our bases. We if, really If are. all of those yes. places would like to sponsor this episode- <laughs> Hello! That would, be, that would be great. That would be awesome. So he says, he says, we'll meet you at McDonald's in Poland. You can take your three kids, or I think there were a couple of extra. It was five total it was siblings, because it was right? siblings they had too. Siblings. Yeah. So you're going to take these kids- and then you're going to get their passports. Or we already had passports. We're going to get their visas. And then you can take them back to the United States. You can host them until the war is over. And the rest of the children are going to Lithuania. Okay. So I'm sitting in the McDonald's parking lot. I don't believe anything that anyone is telling me at this point. Like, are they actually going to bring the kids? Um, it felt very like one minute they were coming and the next minute they weren't. And then the next minute they're really close. And the next minute they're really far. Like, can Wait. I ask you, were they legally allowed to cross the border? So I don't really know. Okay. I mean, Di- rule, I, laws are different in wars, in yeah. war torn. That's in, why like, I don't know what I'm, I'm trying to like understand if they yeah. were kind of like covertly trying to get the kids across. No, the- I Russia's think- in Ukraine, right? Yes. So they see a busload of children or anybody trying to get right. out of the country. That's like a massive thing. I mean, so- basically, it was like nobody knew. There were no rules. Okay. Like, yeah. That's like when Scott went to Iraq for the first time in 2003. He passed over right whenever the war started. There's no rules. Yeah. Like nobody knows what to do. And so it was like, all we knew is we wanted the kids to safety. So 
Lo and, and you're behold, just doing whatever you have to do to make that happen. Right. Yes. So the orphanage director says, we know someone in Lithuania. You can take your kids, keep them in Poland until you get their visas. I'm going to take, we're going to take the rest of the kids to Lithuania. Okay. So Scott and I and a couple of other people are at the McDonald's in Poland, just praying that this double decker bus shows up. Like three buses go by. I'm sobbing. I'm a freaking mess. I'm calling Beth constantly. I mean, I couldn't even freaking function. And then all of a sudden this double-decker bus pulls in and I can see Bogdan standing at a window, like waving. Like he's so excited. And so he gets off the bus and he runs to us. Mama, Papa. Like actually he ran right past me. I went straight to Scott, but it's fine. He was really excited. You can rewrite the story right now if you want to. He was really excited to see Scott, if we're honest. And he ran into Scott's arms. It was like everything I had dreamed it would be, right? And in my mind, I'm thinking we're taking our son home. Yeah. So we go into this McDonald's. I'm looking for a photo while you talk, by the way. Scott buys all of the kids McDonald's. We feed them all. They're all hungry and excited. And they had been on this, you know, trip forever. Now they're finally out of this war-ridden country. And, um... All the little kids were holding, like coming up and holding us. Uh, Beth's daughter, uh, her little sister was like three and she was like holding me oh, and Beth's wow. husband. And just, Babies. it was like, it it was the best and worst moment all at once. And then all of a sudden, whenever it's time to leave and we think we're taking our kids, they say, actually, there's a manifest. There's like a like a roster of of children that are on this bus. And if we don't take all of these children with us, then it'll look like we lost some or like we like it Sold was some them. kind of trafficking. Yes. So all of the children have to go to Lithuania. We can't leave any here. Well, here's 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 Mama Bear Vicky that's like, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not letting him go. No. I and mean, they just I'm choose like, to save this information until after like Oh yeah, I'm apparently. I mean I'm sorry you have an olive in your hair. There you go. It's all right. They get we, they, they they touch the yeah. best people. It's fine. Yeah. So I'm determined that we're not that's not happening. And Scott's trying to calm me down. He's like, babe, like I've been in the military. I know that this is probably true. What they're saying, they need all of these kids to show up there. And there's these people are telling me, look, if if you let him come with us, then you can come to Lithuania and get him there and and let him get a good night's sleep, let him get a good meal, and then you can bring him back to Poland. Okay, which how far is Lithuania? At the time, I don't know. I'm okay. like, I'm thinking it's like just right up the road, no biggie. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> no, it's twelve hours. We'll just go to the McDonald's down the street. No, we'll meet you there. Yeah, no, twelve hours. Twelve hours. But yeah. I didn't know how far away it was. I didn't care how far away it was. I was like, We're if going. you're doing yeah. this, I'm getting on the bus mm-hmm. with the right. children. Because Scott couldn't go to Lithuania right then. We had someone else that we were evacuating, actually, like one of the people from the orphanage, her and her parents and her daughter and her son, we were evacuating them from Kiev. So they were at the oh, border wow. of Ukraine. Yeah. And Scott had to go pick them up. Right. So Scott's like, you're not getting on a bus with these people. We don't know these people. I'm like, I mean, I'm sorry. Are you going to stop me? Like, like, have you met me? I'm, I'm your wife. I'm actually you know getting on this bus. Yeah. So I got on the bus with all of the kids and Scott went to Ukraine and I went to Lithuania. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. So I got to Lithuania and it was not at all what I imagined it to be. It was really uncomfortable. As soon as we got off the bus, there were like hundreds of Lithuanians all there. You guys, it's like pitch black, dark. They're all holding stuffed animals. They're trying to hand them to all the kids. It feels very like, I want that one. I want that one. I want that one. It just did not feel right. And this one woman is very excited to see Bogdan. 
and Bogdan's sister, who is 17. So Bogdan's sister runs up to this woman, hugs her. They're like embracing it, like best day of their lives. And then she looks at Bogdan and she's holding his cheeks. Hi, hi, Bogdan, we've missed you, blah, blah, blah. And Bogdan's like literally like clenching onto my skin. He's like holding me tight. And I'm thinking like, I have no idea what's going on. No one here speaks English. I'm the, like, no one knows who I am. And he kept calling me mama, which was really pissing this lady off. And I have no idea why. When you couldn't communicate with her about no, who she well, was or. Well, I thought I couldn't. Oh, God. Turns out the host speaks English. Okay. Oh, so like she pretended goodness. like she didn't, but she sure did. She pretended like she didn't for hours. But she was telling Bogdan he needed to go with all of the other little kids. He was saying, no, he was holding on to me. It's my mama. It's my mama. And they finally let him go to like a little hut with me. So it was me and him and then like four young girls. We were all in this room together. And they said like, y'all are staying the night in here. And this is an orphanage there. Well, this it's is actually just... a resort. It's like a resort, okay. oh, but they, they were like turning it into okay. an orphanage for all of these kids to stay in. Okay. Yeah. So I'm sure that like, well, I would like to say that these people meant well, but I'm having a really hard time accepting that sure. even still. Right. But turns out this woman who owns this resort had been to the orphanage in Ukraine, had bonded with Bogdan's sister at some point. I don't know in what capacity, but Bogdan's sister is basically the reason that this woman said, I'll take the whole orphanage. But I didn't know any of that. And is there some kind of law where it's like, if you adopt one, you have to adopt them all? So that is the law unless the child is 18. Well, Bogdan was not going to be eligible for adoption until his sister was over the age of 18. But we did file our paperwork to accept both him and his sister. Mm -hmm. Like we were planning on saying like, we'll take both. If she wants to be adopted, we'll take both. If not, we'll take just him. Yeah. So anyway, these people end up basically cussing me up one side and down the other. They're telling me like, you don't belong here. We don't know who you are. We're not going to put you out on the street, but you're not allowed to be here. So tomorrow your husband needs to come pick you up. You cannot stay here. You're not taking any children with you. They ended up. And now you're in another country. I'm in another country. They took my passport. Says doesn't even count. No, your passport. They took my passport. Did they they ask you for it? Like how did. Yes. They were like your passport, your passport. And then they were asking me for my social security number, but I didn't understand what they were asking me. They were asking me for my number, my American number. And I'm like, my phone number, like. I didn't know what they were saying, and I truly And you're didn't. trying to go along with it so you can take your son right. home. Yes. I'm like, well, I thought that they would understand. They First did not all, understand. This story gets even crazier, which is hard to believe because, okay, so what happens after you get to Lithuania and you realize, okay, there's some stuff going on. I don't know what's going to happen with Bogdan. What happens then? Well, so the next morning, so I stay the night there. Y'all, I'm sobbing all night. They I'm have so your confused. stuff. They, they took my stuff. You already know that they're trying to not let you take it. I know home. something is not right. I'm, right. I'm texting Scott. I'm like, something is wrong. I'm afraid they're going to hurt me. Like, I don't know what's going, I don't know what's going to happen next. a terrifying next. situation to so be in Scott's on so many levels. Yeah. Horrified. And you've got your other four kids at home, plus four plus yeah. at home where you're like, wait a minute. Wait, why are you Yeah. Home? And Beth. And I'm Beth. like texting Beth constantly like. <laughs> You guys, I have a whole timeline on my Beth, phone. You can come snuggle yeah, in with us if you want to. You, then, <laughs> I have all four. Come sit right there. You come sit. In. Yes. If you don't want to be on camera, you can sit right there. Yeah, Beth had all four sure, of my Beth's kids. Beth's going to come in. Hold on. So, Just pause for one second. Beth had all four of my kids. Uh, she's horrified. They're horrified. There's an eight-hour time difference. Everything is confusing. The next morning, I wake up, and I can't find Bogdan anywhere. Oh, my 
Okay. Well, he's so, disappeared while you've been sleeping? Yes. Okay. Which I finally fell asleep, you guys. Like, it had been days. The picture you sent me was you laying on a sofa. I'm laying in a bed. On a bed. Yes. All I see is your sneakers. Yes. And I think- And I asked you to pray for me. You? Yeah. So yeah. when I woke up and he wasn't there, I'm like calling for him. I'm looking for him. Is he hiding? Like, what's happening? Because the night before we were like, this. Like, he's yeah. like this on He wouldn't me. let go of you. Hold right. Yeah. so tight. Well, all of a sudden he walks back into our little hut and he looks at me with a look I've never seen. Like, and he's like scared of me. Like I'm sitting over there and he's sitting over here and he will like not look at me and he's not touching me. And I'm like, buddy, what's wrong? And he's like flinching. Okay. Freaking those people told him that the only reason Americans adopt children from Ukraine is because they have sick children at home and they need to harvest their organs. Oh my God. So these people are telling him. And did you find that out after the fact? Well, yeah. So I find out from these girls, like I'm with Beth's daughter, uh, Yulia. She's in her room with me. And then she was sort of taking care of me. She was taking care of me. So the other part that's important is that the airlines had lost your luggage and Ron's luggage. Yeah, I had kind of forgotten about that. So like you hadn't, not like had nothing I had nothing and I had not changed my clothes for like two days and I got there and I was like I need some panties (laughs) y'all and Yulia Beth's daughter gave me like some panties and some leggings and Bogdan gave me a pair of socks that had like little bunny rabbits on them so like I'm wearing all of the clothes from the orphanage it was so humbling to like have this moment with them where we're all sitting there wearing some, you know, clothes that had been given to us by God knows who. I don't even know. Interestingly, that would be something that would be blowing up your trip if Mm -hmm. you weren't dealing with the things you were dealing with. Yeah. That's one of those things. I can't believe this is happening. And that's the thing. We all remember lost luggage. Yeah, of course. But you're like, oh, I didn't even remember that. It's usually such a big deal, but you didn't even think to tell it as part of the story because— It just didn't matter in the scheme of what was going on. I think that's such an interesting like perspective piece. Yeah. The other part of it is that like I've got three out of four of her kids and my three kids at my house. So I've got four different schools I'm trying to get everyone to every day. And also like my oldest and her oldest kids, they know they're old enough to be aware of what's going on. So I'm like perfected my poker face during that time. So it I kept the very like everything's okay. Mama's safe. Everything's going to be fine. And inside I'm like, um, am I ever going to see my husband and best friend ever again? Like, am I ever going to see my daughter ever again? And what's going to happen? And so, I mean, it was, it was awful. Yeah. I've never experienced anything like this. (sighs) Yeah. It was pretty terrible. I know I was sitting over there going, Oh my goodness. (laughs) Could just get a little bit worse. You were then Charged with something really. Well, I was I was uh, investigated for child trafficking while I was there. By who? Uh, well, the the lady, the who lady owns, who wanted she your didn't kids. investigate okay. me, but okay. she. So it turns out she wants my kids. Like, yeah, she finds out that I'm in the process of adopting Bogdan. She is pissed because she wants to adopt Bogdan's sister. Right. Okay, which in turn, she probably wants Bogdan too. Mm-hmm. And I want to adopt Bogdan, which in turn, I probably want his sister too, right? right. So we're both in the mm-hmm. same in the same place and I'm kind of feeling for her. Like, right. I can you're imagine- you're fighting for your kids. Ultimately. Yeah, right. Like I can imagine what this would feel like if everyone came to Nashville, Tennessee, and then there was this woman from 
Lithuania there, I'd be like, shoo, shoo. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I get my it. Kids get out of my way. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I can kind of understand for it. Sure. So I feel for her. But at the same time, she was awful to me. Right. And uh, ended up calling like child services. Child services came out and she told them that I was trying to traffic our son and that I was trying to buy him from the orphanage. And so you guys, we started getting me and Ron, Beth's husband, and then my husband were all investigated for child trafficking and the orphanage director, who is also their guardian, who is still being investigated. Like our children, mine and Beth's children are in public orphanages in the middle of Ukraine right now. They ended up going back to Ukraine, long story, but they ended up going back to Ukraine and they're stuck there in orphanages without their father. Like this man who is their guardian is my son's father. Like he's been in this orphanage since he was three. Yeah. And he's 10 now. And that's his dad. Yeah. And he's been taken away from him because of this. And so they have him elsewhere investigating yeah. him because he can't be at the he orphanage can't be with until his kids. he's clear. And he, they're not even back at their orphanage. They're at some random public orphanage. Like my son is in an orphanage with like nine other kids. I think Beth's daughter is in a foster home somewhere with her siblings. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's just a freaking disgusting situation. It makes me so angry because all I can think about is the fact that he has a family here who wants him, needs him, loves him, and would take him in a second, and then we can't have him. Well, with this other woman trying to adopt, so, why didn't she get them? So listen to this. Her, yeah. She basically held that entire orphanage hostage, you guys. Like, she refused to let them go, even when Ukraine was saying, "Okay, something's not back now. Something's not right here. We want our children back." She was like, she would not send them back. She would not let them go. Well, the day after Bogdan's sister turned eighteen, she let them go happily. There you go. Bogdan's sister was then an adult and could choose to stay. And did she wow. stay? She stayed. Yes. Okay, so now you would think Bogdan is adoptable. Back he in is. Ukraine, he except is. except for she's saying that she wants him now. So that's the holdup at this point. Well, the there really is also the but there's obviously this. It's there's a lot. It's, I'm sure there's m- many more layers. I mean, that. the holdup is the war, right? Right. Like our our uh, all of our paperwork and everything is done on the U.S. side. So like our I six hundred A, our dossier, everything is done. But there's no one on the receiving side of Ukraine to take that paperwork right. and approve paperwork. us yeah. of adopting. That's insane. So they won't they won't do it. They won't do it until martial law is lifted. February actually I think it was just recently they reinstated. So they'll reinstate it every 3 months until the war is over. They've been reinstating it every 3 months. So every time we look at a date and we pray that the, by that date it'll be lifted and then once martial law is lifted they wait 3 months and and adoptions can start again. But every time martial law comes like to question, they reinstate it. So until it's until it's lifted and then three months later, we cannot pursue adoption. Mind you, this entire time. So, you know, my son wouldn't have anything to do with me whenever we were at the resort. And then eventually we were able to talk through it with a translator who is Lena, the one who told her story at Crosspoint that made us want to. So she kind of was able to be full circle. She's with my kids tonight. She's amazing. We love her so much. And she was able to talk to Bogdan and tell him, like, that is not what's happening here. Like, your mom loves you. Your papa loves you. And so then we've had this really amazing. Like, what a confusing 
Y'all, I can't even imagine the trauma this kid has gone through. So like now we have this amazing relationship and then I have not spoken to him since December 11th, which is December 10th, homegirl from Lithuania sent him $800. Wow. So you were in communication with him back in Ukraine until that time? Yes, until December 11th is the last time I've spoken to him. So who's trying to buy who, right? Right. So can I ask you just to rewind a little bit what did that look like when all of a sudden your son, I can't even imagine how that feels, but I think as moms, we can all like kind of imagine that. But then did they detain you? Did, was there like, how did this investigation so, happen? Because to be in another country and that's, a that's terrifying. Thing. Well, we were terrified not only because of that, but we also had rental cars from Poland and we mm-hmm. were not supposed to take the Poland cars oh. over to Lithuania. Right. <clears throat> but obviously it was extenuating circumstances. So, right. so immediately, like once I told Scott, like something is not going right here, they've taken my passports. Like I need you to come get me. He immediately picked up our girl from Ukraine and then started driving to, um, to Lithuania with Ron and also a couple of our other friends. So they all started driving to Lithuania. They showed up in Lithuania. And when they got there, there were police everywhere. And the police said, you will not enter this property. At the resort. Mm-hmm. And Ron's like, he FaceTimes me. And so there's eight hours difference. So mm-hmm. it's the middle of the night. I've got all these kids upstairs. And there's all these police officers. And I'm live FaceTiming. And I'm like, um. Yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm in the resort. <laughs> they sorry. can't come in the resort. So they finally say, like, we'll let you come in, but you have to walk. You can't leave your car. And it's like a real long, like, path mm-hmm. kind of thing. So they, the police walk up with um, all of our people. I see them and immediately feel like I could just fall to my knees because yeah. I didn't, like, I didn't know if they were coming, yeah. you know. Like, I knew they were coming, but I didn't know if they would let them come get yeah. me. Whew. So um, Scott comes in and they basically say, like, no contact, like, you need to come to told Scott and, and Ron and our other people, you need to come have a meeting over here. And they told me you need to go away. And so I went back into my little hut and sat there for an hour and a half while they had a meeting with like all of these people. There were like five different languages being spoken, everyone trying to speak to each other. And no one spoke all the languages. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. So the chances of things getting lost in translation are like really high. A thousand yeah. percent. So bottom line from that, whatever meeting they ended up having, they came out of the meeting. They got me. They said, we have to leave right now. We have to leave this country. If we don't leave this country, then we will be detained. So Ron texted me during the meeting and said, the kids just have to agree that they want to come home with us. That's it. And I was like, well, that's we're golden. Right. Done. We're golden. Like, yeah. we're good. And then a couple of minutes later, he texts me and goes, this is not good. We have to leave now. Yeah. Without the children. And I just lost it. Yeah. What flipped that? We don't know. We have no, we have idea. no idea. I think no. so. So that's something that was lost in translation. Yes. Is like, here's what we understood. Yes. And everything changed in a moment. Yeah. And there's no nothing. You and can they do. police escorted us out. At this point, um, Bogdan was not really speaking to me, but he was attached to Scott's leg. I mean, he just had like this amazing connection with Scott. Yeah, so when he, he saw Scott, him. I think he immediately felt like, um, like safe again. Yeah. And so he held his leg and Scott basically had to say like, we got to go. And so we left and left them there. And especially Yulia, like she's, Beth's she was daughter. older. She's, she's a teenager. Yeah. She's 14 now. Like, and she, she kept getting onto Bogdan. Like, why are you acting like yeah. this? This is your mama. That's my papa. Yeah. Like, don't be stupid. Yeah. yeah. And she would yeah. hold me and just hold me. Like, cause I would just sit there and sob and she would just like, 
hold me, bring me an apple, bring me strawberries, like try to feed me. They were giving me tea and I couldn't eat. I couldn't, I would not get out of the bed. Like I refused to get up from the bed because I didn't know these people and I didn't trust them. So anyway, we ended up leaving. We left immediately and went straight back to Poland and that was it. And when you got home, how long did it take for Bogdan to like have a sort of change of heart and realize? I mean, it was pretty immediate. Like once I had, I mean, because I, that was one of the things that I was struggling with the most is like, how could, how could they tell him this? How Mm -hmm. could he think this? And it was the teenage girls that were telling me what had been said. So they're like, they're telling Bogdan that you're going to harvest his organs, you know? And I'm like, what? And I'm like, Bogdan, no, 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 no. I'm trying to tell him no. And he's like, no, 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 you know? And so God knows what they've told him now. But anyway, yeah, I just. But you guys had a relationship for the past year. Yeah. I mean, you've had a. Yes. Like a digital relationship, but a relationship nonetheless for the past year. So it's only been since December. December 11th is the last time I talked to him. And that's like pretty. The orphanage director contacted me and said, I want you to know that this woman from Lithuania has sent him like a thousand dollars and bought him a new phone. And I don't know if he'll be able to contact you anymore. So it was probably like, here's your new phone, but don't you talk to that lady. Yeah. Here's your new phone. No, it was a bribe. Here's your new phone. It was an ultimatum. Yeah. Yeah. So I haven't spoken to him since then, but I'm still hopeful that it will work out in the end. But like one of the things that Beth and I have decided, uh, Well, she had to decide long before me, but I've decided with her alongside her recently is just that like, we have to give this to God. Like this is not, um, in our hands. It's completely outside of your control and what will be, will be. That's a hard thing to. Yeah. Especially when you're freaking control freak. Yeah. (laughs) Can I ask you what it was like when you got home? Because you, you obviously have kids at home too, who I'm sure were scared and, you know, to have an extreme well they never really like they this. never really experienced in lifetime what was what happening, was happening. Mm-hmm. Logan probably did my oldest probably did because I would text her and tell her what was going on but I kept a poker face strong enough mm-hmm. because I knew that they would know and I knew that I she would want her kids to know but I also didn't want to scare them yeah but what about time. what about you. What was I like when like, I got home? Like, how do you how do you I, click back you into mom mode for my she kids? I don't. Right it took, That's my question. It took is like months. Is yeah. yeah. How do you go from? I would imagine, and this is just me imagining that your husband, like you know, people who are involved in war and come home with this different version of reality and the PTSD that goes along with that. You experience that, and I'm sure he was accustomed to that. On a lot of levels. Yeah, he but was. But then yeah. also not with your kids involved. So how do you as a mom come I mean, home and function? I don't was, think I did. She was pretty numb. Yeah. For a while. Yeah. I think I were, still am. To be fair, both I, of you were very numb. I, I, in our friendship, I'm the more feeler person. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you compartmentalize? Yeah. She's super well, I've pretty it. much said, like, I'm not dealing with this until I have to. Right. right. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. And once yeah. I find out the end result, then I'll deal with it. So like, I'd have to say, like, I feel pretty sure that I have not dealt with any of this crap yeah. yet, which I'm okay with right now. Well, you haven't had closure. No, I don't have oh, closure. No. I don't know what's going to happen. There's no end to this story. And yet. I don't There's like no... to sit in my shit. Yeah. You know, like I don't want to sit in a pile of shit and just smell and stink and Well, because you also can't function for your other kids no. if you do that. Mm-mm. So well, part of I like... would rather ignore all of it right. and wash myself off 
and just move on with normal life. Yeah. And then once I know if he's our son or he's not our son, then I'll deal with all of the. Trauma I actually that has think come that that this. is a relatively healthy way, like to do it for mm-hmm. you, for yourself, for your yeah. own protection, and for your other children. Yeah. Because you could sit around wondering how this is going to end all day, every day, but it's not going to change anything. No, and some days I do. Really, really. Yeah. Eat I'm sure. I, mean, there I can't imagine how you wouldn't. Some days. And like after this experience, so my girl has five siblings mm-hmm. yeah she's one of six she's one of six and so beth would have to adopt all six wow. of them. all six of them yeah that's nine children right and after this experience my husband and i who were like super done with kids after three we would take them in a heartbeat yeah and so wow. we've had to like really work through all this and come to the place of saying if the only thing that we that god needed us to do was be someone who cares about these specific children during this specific time in their lives, that has to be enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were the only people on the entire planet that cared about these specific children. Yeah. Yeah. And if that's the only part of their story that we get to be in, we have to be okay with that. Yeah. That's a really healthy perspective. Yeah. And that reminds me of uh, my, my sweet friend, Emily Wilkes. She is a foster parent. And I hear, I, I want to say this, like, to you and to you and to you and to like everyone who is listening. Like, I feel like this is like such a wise piece of, of information. Uh, She fosters. And how many times do you hear people say, Oh, I could never do that. Yeah, I couldn't. I know I couldn't. After hearing the stories, I know without a shadow of a doubt in my mind, I couldn't do it. No, you could. But I know other people could. I just can't. You could. I can't. I've had too much tragic loss in my life to, function at that level okay well there's healthy like i can't be a healthy foster parent okay i hear you i I get that that everyone who could do it should do it like i get it if you have that do it i could not be a healthy foster parent okay well there's two pieces to this yeah the first one is when someone says god doesn't give you more than you can handle i absolutely believe that god constantly gives us more than we can handle and the second thing that emily told me that I have always held on to anytime we have had a child in our home that is not biologically ours is that if it doesn't hurt when they leave, then you didn't do it right. Right. I believe that completely. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how you would have a child in your home and not become emotionally mm-hmm. invested in their well-being yeah. and miss them when they were gone. Well, a lot of people do. Yeah. Well, that's sad. I know. You know? Sad. Well, it's just like, you know, I, I was, we were at St. Jude recently oh, yeah. and there was a doctor talking about how, you know, when she lost her first patient, that she realized that that pain she went through, she had to go through over and over and over because she had to continue to show up and be invested in these kids. Yeah. Because otherwise, like, she wasn't giving them mm-hmm. what they needed. But it, but it is truly, like, setting yourself up for heartbreak in a lot well, of ways. Well, it's almost but, like I won. Right. Like, I'm like, I did right. it right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so right. this freaking hurts. Because mm-hmm. I, because because I, I did it right. It. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And so in the defense of the trauma— I have a story that should have never happened. Yeah. And so a lot of what I've experienced the last year is I want to save this girl because no one was able to save mm-hmm. me. I was a little girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. so like a lot of therapy has happened. Wow. A yeah. lot of emotions have happened because I just, she, te- we text every single day. Yeah. She called me mama from day one and I want to save this girl because I love her. And also because no one was able to save me when I was a little girl. Well, maybe for you, it's the 
you have saved her and the imprint on her life is permanent regardless of where she physically, like geographically winds up growing She still up. has you. She yeah. still has me. And Which is, I mean, there's nothing more meaningful right. than that. Right. Kayla just flashed us. Speaking of <laughs> showing skin. Speaking of boobies. Remember how I told you the heaviest of subjects, they end up being like, just like this deep, dark adoption. Let me see your titties. We needed that. We needed the boobs. <laughs> I love Jesus, but I also love your titties. So yeah. It's fine. <laughs> This is amazing. Amazing. Oh my gosh. And Heather, either we're gonna oh want us God. back or never again. <laughs> <laughs> there's like, I think there's moments that happen very early on that we're like, okay, or, or obviously you guys are already tight with Jen, but where I'm like, oh yeah, these are people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can usually tell very, very quickly. And if you were to know the dynamic between the three of us, you would find this oh, even yeah. more hilarious. Do you want to ask one more question? Okay. Just because I feel like this kind of speaks to our why with doing this episode, which we wanted to talk to you for a long time, but uh-huh. we were going to have you on when all this happened. Yeah. And Jen was like, she's not here. She's in Poland. Right. Like, the, yeah. I remember all of this happening. So it's, you know, there's no resolution to this story. Right. But it is nice yes. to see you and have you here and to hear the pieces of the story that do, I think, exactly yeah. what Jen said, is I hope you guys realize mm-hmm. anything you're adding to a child's life in any moment is meaningful. Yeah. And kids even if they don't remember the moment, they remember the feeling. Like Bogdan remembers that feeling of having you that and the comfort and com- that yeah. sticks in these text messages where your daughter has yeah. you there and knows that. I know that from my own childhood. I'm yeah. sure you guys do too. And especially if you didn't have someone saving you, you know how important it is to have that person. I, yeah. mm-hmm. I guess like, you know, we were talking about how these these ridiculous things that seem even more ridiculous that we've been going through this week. We're like, oh, I can hardly get through this week or whatever. Mason saw you- Pornhub at school. <gasps> oh, God, yeah. We haven't no. even talked about that no, on the mic yet. Yeah, Eli that. told someone to suck his D. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even tell me that. You know what? I'm sorry. Actually, you said suck Major. these nuts. <laughs> and he's eight. So <laughs> there's that. You're welcome. Wow. Oh yeah. my gosh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Going See? through this and you on you on your side, Beth, too, because like you said, you've never been any you weren't physically there, but well, you I haven't were. said a whole lot during this episode, but I have a lot to say. <laughs> well, I think we just need to have you guys back and yeah. talk about other things. But in your life now, you're a little bit further removed from it, but um, I had nothing as extreme as anything you've gone through, but I went with my band and we performed in Iraq several times and, and it was just, maybe truly- she performed for Scott. <gasps> oh my God. I, I bet he was yeah. so turned we on. Should- <laughs> <laughs> he probably oh, I almost looked like Aquaman then. I no, no, he did. But I remember Crazy. coming home and what struck me being in that kind of situation was it wasn't really about the imminent danger as much as it was there. And we had a few situations that were like, wow, that is a normal thing for them. Yeah. It was more about the monotony and the isolation. Yeah. And it was so much more about functioning away from your family, away from anything. And I remember getting home and going to Starbucks and some asshole, like just lighting up the barista about how their coffee wasn't right. Oh. And I remember having so much rage. Yeah. Over like, this doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like, 
do you know what people are doing oh. so that you can freaking have your latte, your latte the way you yeah. want it? And I just remember just my perspective in that moment. And mm-hmm. I carry a little piece of that with me. You guys have gone through such a unique experience as moms and as people, really. Yeah. How has that changed the way you look? And it's okay oh. if it hasn't at all, because okay. I do think that we have to live our lives mm-hmm. not in extremes. It's just like, just because you really want your son back, like you're not going to hold that against someone else, right? Like you have to right. live your life in a somewhat normal way just to live in the world and not be angry all the time. Yeah. Okay, so I'll say, for one, my mom died when I was 24. And she had battled breast cancer for 12 years. So from the time I was 12 wow. until I was 24. That's a long time. It was such a long time. And, and she passed away when I was 24. And I feel like I didn't cry again for like 10 years. Well, because that's pretty much the pinnacle. I know. I was like. will make you cry. I was like, oh. That's, that's what tragedy does, though. This is no big deal because I've been there. the yeah, rest it of the does, time. Yeah. You're like, I've been at this. Yeah, like so this, this is, is not, not worth crying over. Right. But I feel like. As a mom and a friend of moms, I want to leave space for that. Yeah. And I struggle with that sometimes because I am not super empathetic. I want to be. Beth's your empath. Yeah. She's Beth's our she, empath. She, she wants she's to Nikki so Taylor. much. I yeah. really, really want. Like her heart wants to. I do. But then she's like. They're there. They're there, dear friend. I'm so sorry you're sad. I'm not a robotic. I'm sorry. I'm not. Please let me know when you feel better and we shall go to Target. Bye. But at a core, she really does care. I do. I do care. And I want to be empathetic to things. She wants to. I think that, you know. I'm just better at it. I'm very empathetic too, but it has to be a big deal. Yeah. And it's because of trauma. Yeah. Like, and you know, like for me, and you're different, you're like a, you're different. I'm an Enneagram eight and you are as well. I know I'm that. a three. You can't be. No, you might be, but you're also okay. an eight. I'm, I'm a three, wing two. I'm a, I'm a two, yes. this wing girl, three. This, Hold on, try it again. Wait, champion, do you know how to always, champion. always, always this hit a high five? This is such a good how? trick. Look at the elbow. No. Oh. <gasps> Anytime, every time. It works every time. Guys, that might be the best mom hack I've ever heard. I am still stuck on this. Enneagram (laughs) Ashton will have to weigh in here, but like, I swear to God, you are an eight. She's not. You're an eight. Everybody thinks I'm whatever they are. No, I think you're a champion. (laughs) I think you're the champion. She's... she's I for sure need to three, perform for you. She's that's a three wing too. You can perform for me. Topless would be preferable. <laughs> okay, We're gonna cut that's fine. before that. Probably. <laughs> I'm not sure what's going down after I say we turn on the mics. What's happening? Because my about to happen. Enneagram two wing three is like mm. that's Kayla. Kayla's a two wing three. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Kayla's a two wing three. Yeah. Well, yeah. Sucks. Yeah. So I get back to that. I get it because I feel like she wants to be the empath side of me. You have to be. Really Hence needing that conversation, right? To, you know what I mean? For me to feel it. Well, so. you know, I know you two are really busy moms, so chances are you haven't listened to every episode of our podcast. <laughs> However, I mean, probably we, close. <laughs> we did an episode with a friend of mine named Shaleen Bryan, and for yes. our wis for our listeners, our listeners should listen to this. Um, <laughs> the Shaleen Bryan episode was just as like you guys would love it, powerful as your story. Listen, I swear and, to you, and, listen and to similar in some ways. Yeah. It'll change your life. Um, yeah, she's she's so inspirational, and I yeah. feel like you guys are too. And honestly, I I know it's not easy to talk about that. I can see it on your face, especially mm-hmm. like when we talked about painting the picture of that day, oh, which yeah. I imagine is like one of the scariest, worst days I'm sure in your life. And um, whether or not you get those kids in your arms, I hope that you guys can see how meaningful what you've done is. And I, I honestly, you know, we always say like moms are superheroes, but 
you guys are superheroes. Like, look what you did. Mm -hmm. You did that. And you showed up for your babies. And no matter what happens, like, you guys are just outstanding humans and outstanding moms. Thank you. Thanks for doing this with us. Yeah, thank you for sharing your story with us. And Even if I had to stop at a liquor store on the way here. It's okay. <laughs> Let's go see some titties. We're going to go see some titties. Don't pop the bear. Don't pop the bear. I love you guys. I think we're done. I love you guys. And that's a wrap. <laughs> The Hi, My Name is Mom Studio is brought to you by The Yard Sale Store. They have three locations in Middle Tennessee, and you'll always find really cool stuff you didn't even know you needed at 30 to 90% off retail. Check them out at YardSaleStore.com and on socials at YardSaleUSA. Your name is Mom.